This is Faye Hartman, and you're listening to We Are Rivers, conversations about the rivers that connect us, a podcast series brought to you by American Rivers. Since Colorado's early days, water has played a critical role in driving our economy, communities, and way of life, and it continues to do so today. Colorado's population has grown significantly in the last decade, adding additional demands to Colorado's supply of water. In 2013, the state of Colorado recognized these looming threats that face our rivers and water supply systems. To better manage our finite water resources and build a sustainable path towards water security, Colorado needed a blueprint to guide the state in the right direction. At that time, Colorado's governor, John Hickenlooper, ordered the Colorado Water Conservation Board, or the CWCB, to work with diverse partners to develop Colorado's first water plan. The plan works to meet the needs and values that Coloradans agree upon, like agriculture, land use, conservation, storage, environment, and recreation. The inclusion of the environment and recreation as an important value is one of the first times Colorado has tried to quantify the needs of the environment and recreation. In particular, the plan outlined the goal of working with communities to develop stream management plans for 80% of locally prioritized rivers and streams. Join us today on We Are Rivers as we learn more about what stream management plans are, how they're developed, and what they mean for our communities, rivers, and economies. The management of water isn't a new concept for Colorado. From small town municipalities to state and federal governments, small farmers to huge agricultural producers, people plan and manage water use. But in the historical context of water management in Colorado, an important voice has been missing from the conversation. That voice was the environment and recreation. I think for a long time, the state of Colorado has struggled to get its arms around how to quantify the needs of rivers. It's really easy to quantify the needs of a municipality who's going to grow you know, X percent over the next 30 years, or even to understand how climate change might impact irrigated agriculture and the amount of water that they need to grow the same amount of food. But looking at the needs of a river is not something that can be done through desktop analysis and modeling. You have to go out and get your boots muddy. And it needs to be done at a local level. And so I think a stream management plan process is a way for us in Colorado to elevate the needs of rivers at the same level of the need for planning for municipalities or for agricultural infrastructure. And you know, it, it helps us elevate that to a place where there are communities having a conversation about how to meet the needs of the river itself. And that's huge. That's something that hasn't happened um, in a systematic way in Colorado at all. Um, and so I think it's really a game changer for the state in terms of supporting a mechanism to do that. That was Nicole Seltzer, the Science and Policy Manager for River Network. River Network works with communities throughout the state to get together and develop stream management plans. 
Stream management plans are the Colorado Water Conservation Board's mechanism for helping communities address environmental and recreational flow needs alongside those of agriculture and municipalities. I would say that the state of Colorado realized that the best solutions for unhealthy rivers would come from the communities themselves rather than implementing a top-down mandate. They really wanted individual communities to create a vision for how to have healthy rivers that also helps to meet the human needs for water. So they created the funding for communities to undertake stream management plans. The state of Colorado requires stream management plans to focus on certain environmental factors that contribute to healthy rivers, but there's a lot of latitude for communities to identify their own goals. So the benefits of each stream management plan depend heavily on what the goals and the outcomes that the community selects, but one of the most important outcomes that I've seen generally is bringing together the water users, the recreation interests, and the conservation professionals to discuss the health of the river and what voluntary mechanisms exist to protect or improve it. Anytime you discuss the impacts of water use on river health, you are bound to have conflict. <laughs> At the end of the day, there's no new water in Colorado, so it's really all about collaboratively managing existing supplies to meet multiple needs. Colorado's water rights allocation system doesn't really take that concept into account. And so asking those with water rights to consider changing how they use and manage water isn't always well received. I think some communities just aren't ready to have those hard conversations because there's a lack of trust and there's a desire to just keep doing things the way we've always done them, regardless of what the conditions on the ground look like. But I think there are also communities that are ready to have those conversations and the goal of collaboratively managing water supplies for the benefit of all is one that really resonates very clearly with some people and with other people it takes some convincing. You know, at the end of the day, a stream management plan is a voluntary process that's meant to bring water users and conservation interests together to better understand the needs of a river. You aren't always going to have everybody around the table, but you often will have a critical mass of people who want to understand what they can do to improve and protect rivers that run through their communities. In Eagle County, the Eagle River Community Water Plan, what they're calling their stream management plan, has been very helpful in bringing together diverse stakeholders. Let's hear from Holly Loft, Executive Director of Eagle River Watershed Council, about why the community water plan has been so important. I think really the biggest benefits um, is really just opening up the opportunity for communication and um, helping all the stakeholders and our stakeholders are really diverse they come from both sides of the continental divide um, and represent very different interests and priorities and it's just giving us the opportunity to build relationships and that will help us to have conversations in the future that quite frankly are not gonna be easy, um, but by laying the groundwork now and having these established relationships and understandings um, and, and just even understanding who everyone is as a person, um, I think is really helpful in having tough conversations later. Even just bringing all of these partners together, um, not even, necessarily dealing with the issues within the SMP, but um, working through fairly unrelated issues. For example, um, our plan, we were really having a hard time getting people to the general public to attend meetings and come and hear about water, you know, 
in their evening um, and or during the evening and we had to work through that as a group and so um, we were working with all of the stakeholders, including those people from the front range and the people from over here on this side of the Continental Divide, our county folks, our municipal people, um, raft guides, fishing guides, and really brainstorming together and coming up with solutions. And so I think that that helped to build some partnerships, um, which has been really useful. To date, Colorado has 24 stream management plans in place. Each is as unique as the community and the place that built it. We'll hear more about the stream management plans happening in Eagle County from Holly Loft and the stream management plan along the Crystal River from Chelsea Congdon Brundage, a key consultant that participated in the Crystal stream management planning process. But first from Nicole on why stream management plans are important. A stream management plan does not upend a century of water law in Colorado. But what it does do is create a way for community to discuss water quality, fisheries, other river health variables at the same time as flow, and have the state of Colorado support that conversation by providing funding. Stream management plans really look towards a time where flowing rivers are valuable assets in and of themselves, and it gives communities who are ready to have that conversation a path forward to do it. So the state of Colorado has a set of minimum standards for stream management plans to be eligible for grant funding including an analysis of flows, water quality, and habitat. But that's really just the starting point. Some stream management plans are looking at how to better use rivers inside town boundaries as recreational amenities for residents. Other stream management plans are surveying the condition of a farmer's or rancher's water diversion structure to look for opportunities and funding to upgrade them. And there's even one West Slope River community that's analyzing how a front range water utility can take additional water over the continental divide without harming the fishery and the recreational use. Um, and so it isn't a one size fits all solution and communities have found really innovative ways to adapt this state funded process to help them meet their community vision. If you are a community that has a river that you care about you can undertake a stream management plan. Whether it's thinking about the impacts of water diversions on the river, or thinking about how to remanage storage in order to provide water for low flows, or whether you just wanna do river restoration projects for fishery habitat support, all of those are outcomes that can be done by stream management plans. And so the lead entities for these processes can be really diverse. And it's really most about organizations that have the capacity to oversee the process. And you're also a trusted entity that can bring people together. Um, oftentimes it's a group of organizations that will come together to, un to undertake these. Those groups can all come together and bring their respective stakeholders to the table to have a collaborative conversation about all of those variables rather than doing it. Nicole is spot on. Stream management plans are a great opportunity for communities across the state to discuss their local rivers. Now we'll hear from Chelsea Congdon Brundage about the importance of the Crystal Stream Management Plan and why the community came together for the future of the Crystal River. The Crystal River Valley, the participants in the Crystal River Valley cared about a stream management plan for the reasons a lot of people do. I mean, a river is a defining characteristic in a landscape. If you live somewhere and a river runs through it, my God, it's so beautiful, right? And 
what an aesthetic, important aesthetic that is to have and to protect. And rivers um, environmentally are a life, they're an artery, they're a lifeblood of a landscape. I, so there are a lot of um, human values and environmental values that are inherent in a healthy river system. And Carbondale and the Crystal River Valley are like that. Um, lots of different values as you think beyond what what the environment needs but also what people need or expect from a river and and the crystal river stakeholders i think have that in common with people in most watersheds in our situation we had a unique experience that we had in that drainage as in others in 2012 a huge drought and we had i had worked with a local hydrologist on a project to do uh, some gauging along the Crystal River during that drought year just to measure how low flows actually got and how warm the water got as a result of that. And we had, it had just happened that we had been able to fund and do that work in 2012. And what it showed was that the Crystal River actually almost dried out for about 10 miles in the bottom part of the drainage. And that information to us was so graphic. It was so, wow, look how dry that river got that we thought we need to share this with the community. We need to go out to the stakeholders along the Crystal River and say, did you know? Look what we found out. And I think, so I think that the shared interests around the river were there. And then the, the incident of the drought in 2012 really pulled people together to take a look at the river and sort of be surprised by the impact of the drought and start to wonder, I wonder what we can do about that. As Chelsea mentioned, the Crystal River is a defining feature of the valley and is the lifeblood of the local community. Like much of Colorado, the summer of 2012 was very dry. The drought impacted the flows of the Crystal River and therefore the local community. This was the catalyst that brought everyone together to better understand their local river. initiated it by asking stakeholders, mostly irrigators in the town of Carbondale, what they wanted to know about the river. And so we built their questions and concerns into the model. We designed the model to make sure that those questions got answered. So going into the stream management plan, we had a couple of goals. Broadly speaking, our goal was to uh, do an analysis or an assessment of the Crystal River from the top of the watershed down to really understand how that river works and where the river is impacted and, and how. The stream management plan became, provided a characterization of the Crystal River and how it works and how it works in a wet year, in a dry year, in the June of a year, in the November of a year. And so it became a way to understand and visualize the health of that river under different circumstances. And, and it, it was a tool we could share with everybody. So we moved beyond, as a community, we moved beyond arguing who knew more about the river or whose use of water was impacting the river more to a, to a shared view of the river that was informed by this analysis that we had done and that was a platform that we could all stand on 
and move forward from. And that was very helpful. Um, the other thing, the other real benefit that I think came from doing a stream management plan was the stakeholder process. That means you have to get everybody in the room together a lot and start to understand different values about the river, um, things that people may um, misunderstand about the river, um, fears people have about water rights and how water is used or not used, and that um, builds community and provides the opportunity for understanding and conversation and exploration. We also wanted to do it in a way that you could copy it and do it in other watersheds around Colorado. Um, and I think we accomplished both those things. Since the plan's completion, a number of prioritized projects are being implemented. Beyond the planning process, which brought a lot of people together, we have we identified some priorities for the Crystal River, and there have been two or three projects that have now started on the Crystal River that come directly out of that. One of them is a voluntary agreement between an irrigator and the Colorado Water Trust to change his irrigation patterns when the river is low in a way that leaves up to six EFS more water in the river for a number of miles down the river. And that irrigator will get compensated and the river get benefits because there's more water in it when it needs it most. And the fact that that has been negotiated and contracted here means it can be done again. Another project that's come out of the Crystal River Stream Management Plan is a project that involves um, a number of stakeholders looking at a stretch of the Crystal River that um, runs close to town so it gets a lot of attention. So it's an opportunity to bring all of those people together around nine-tenths of a mile of river maybe and look at restoring in-stream conditions, riparian conditions, and improving the headgate so it doesn't sweep the river in the same way it used to when, when the city's diverting water. The third project that's going on is a project with the town to look specifically at one of their ditches and how the ditch could be re-engineered to move water better and maybe need less water in the first place. And if you can figure that out on one ditch, you can figure it out on any ditch. And so that's exciting because they're all exciting because in each case, other irrigators are watching, right? And other towns are watching. And if you do this and you raise the money and it worked and nobody got hurt and the river's better, then maybe it's not that scary and we can try it in our place too. Earlier in the episode, Nicole mentioned the catalyst and process for every stream management plan is different. For Chelsea on the Crystal, drought moved things into gear. In Ego County, the river is essential for the quality of life, agricultural heritage, and is an economic driver for communities along the Eagle River. Let's hear more from Holly. Uh, I think that communities really should care about implementing an SMP because um, we really can't lose sight of our ability to supply water for a use that we currently take for granted. Um, and outlining and prioritizing our uses um, help us to keep track of all of those uses. 
um, and make sure that we're planning for the future. Um, they help us to better understand um, the uses of water within the community and help us to balance those. So Eagle County was particularly interested in creating an SMP um, because we wanted to protect our environments and our recreation-based economies, um, all of which depend upon stream flows. And we wanted to protect those knowing that climate change and population growth were gonna have impacts um, on our streams. And we also are in a unique situation here in Eagle County because we know that there are future water projects such as um, a potential reservoir that are looming in our county. Um, we have an agreement that was signed in 1998 between entities on the Front Range and also the Western Slope. That's known as the Eagle River Memorandum of Understanding or the MOU. Um, and that really established that a project could be or would be developed to deliver 20,000 acre feet of water to the Front Range. Um, while keeping another 10,000 acre feet here on the Western Slope. So our SMP is looking at the current uses of water, balancing those um, and helping us to discover ways to um, prepare for impacts from climate change and population growth and then those projects uh, that will be developed to meet uh, the Eagle River MOU. Each stream management plan is a little different. But like Nicole mentioned, there are some commonalities and some lessons that can be shared. The second episode of this mini-series is dedicated entirely to these lessons, but we wanted to share a few of the key ideas here too. First, it's all about relationships. Here's Chelsea. One of the most important things about building, about doing a stream management plan is building the right partners in from the beginning. And you have to have somebody local who uh, water users know, who the community knows, who has a leadership role in the community. And in the Roaring Fork watershed, which includes the Crystal, um, the Roaring Fork Conservancy, which is a nonprofit watershed organization, was really the logical lead for this project. So they were a key partner. Um, I was involved as a strategist and consultant, and we had another local um, hydrology shop called Lodic Hydrological, which does, who do fantastic work um, throughout Colorado as the key team members putting together the stream management plan. In terms of stakeholders, not, not the partners doing right. the stream management plan, but the people who became involved yeah. in discussions about it, the stakeholder group was very broad and included, at some point, all of the irrigators in the Crystal River Valley. So we've had a, a, quite a number and a diverse group of stakeholders um, working with us for a long time. In addition to having all the stakeholders in the room, knowledge and resources are key. So we were aware of stream management plans and felt like the Eagle River Watershed already had one because we have the Eagle River Watershed Plan. After these really became really a buzzword within the state, um, Nicole Seltzer from River Network reached out and asked if we had considered creating one for the Eagle River. And we, um, you know, expressed that no, we felt we already had one. And she explained that a stream management plan was different than a watershed plan um, and that this would really help us in balancing the uses of water, protecting our community and our water resources um, and rivers from 
climate change, population growth, and the Eagle River Memorandum of Understanding Future Projects, um, and, and making sure that we were planning for those things in the future. And we took it from there um, with a lot of guidance from River Network in drafting our grant proposal, doing outreach within the community um, to put feelers out and see, you know, how the county and all the municipalities and the local raft guides and fishing guides felt about it and agriculture um, and all the really all the different um, people that had an interest in water and, and had conversations about the need for a stream management plan for our watershed and really it just went from there. In order to get a plan moving, you need funding. Let's hear from Holly and Nicole. Funding from Colorado Water Conservation Board, or CWCB, which is a state agency, um, really has been critical to us creating our stream management plan. But that said, an important aspect of that grant is that you have to have a match. And I think that that has been really important. Um, I mean, sure, it would have been a lot easier if they just gave us all the money, but um, I think that it really helped with the stakeholder engagement piece, because from the very beginning, before we even really were doing the work, we had to go to our stakeholders. We first had to identify who the, the stakeholders were going to be, and then we had to approach them and let them know what we were working on and get them to commit their time to it and also um, commit to providing some funding for it. And we, I believe that a third of our funding overall came from our stakeholders, which I really think is um, a testament to how much our community believes in the plan and really wants to see um, a valuable plan come out the other side and that they're willing to, to commit not just their time, but their money to it. The collaborative nature of a stream management plan really often begins with the funding part by bringing together anywhere from three to ten different organizations to provide money and technical expertise. In some places, there is enough funding to do this planning work, and in some places there isn't. Where there's a big population center, a lot of active nonprofits, or a well-funded town or water district, there's usually enough money to do a planning effort. In more rural areas where there are less people and smaller economies, it can be really hard to scrape together the twenty-five dollars or $50,000 for match. So River Network realized that this was a hurdle from the outset. And so one of the things that we do is we select three communities every year to provide technical expertise and a small amount of funding to help them apply for state grants. Even five dollars to $10,000 can go a long way by providing money to bring stakeholders together and hire a facilitator or hire a scientist to review existing data and identify gaps in information. While each stream management plan is unique and communities come to them when the time is right, there are some outside forces at work, like climate change, that make now an important time to start moving the conversation forward. So researchers at the state and federal governments and in our Colorado universities have spent a lot of time and effort forecasting what climate change may bring to the rivers in this state. In general, we find that there will be more severe drought and flooding events, and there will be more of them. Warmer temperatures are gonna mean that precipitation occurs as rain rather than as snow, which is going to decrease high elevation snowpack and cause runoff to start earlier and end earlier. 
And a lot of studies also agree that higher temperatures and lower precipitation will increase agricultural water demands, so we'll need more water to grow the same amount of food. None of this is good news. <laughs> Stream management plans can examine a range of possible futures through modeling how increased population, decreased snowpack, or increased agricultural water use might impact river flows, and by extension, the things that depend on healthy flow, like recreation, streamside vegetation, and fish. I think stream management plans right now, in addition to the fact that the Colorado Water Plan called for stream management plans um, to be drafted for 80% of the locally prioritized streams in the state by 2030. Um, there's a litany of other reasons why um, Colorado really needs to, or different streams within Colorado really need to be looking at creating stream management plans. Um, and I would say the biggest reasons are just that statewide we're seeing rapid growth um, in populations. Um, and that obviously means more people, that means more development and more land use, and all of that has impacts on our streams. Um, and more people also means a greater need for water for drinking and bathing and cleaning and landscaping. Um, and all of that growth uh, is happening right alongside climate change and the impacts from climate change that we're already starting to see. Um, and climate change itself, obviously has um, impacts upon our water resources too. So we really need to be planning ahead um, and we need to understand what all the uses for water currently are so that we can protect those uses um, as our populations um, continue to grow and climate change impacts um, worsen. If you think your community might be ready to dive in, or you're working on a stream management plan and want to learn more, River Network and the Colorado Water Conservation Board has started to amass a library at www.coloradosmp.org. You can find all sorts of helpful resources here. And stay tuned for our next episode, dedicated to important lessons that those who are in the thick of stream management planning have learned. Thank you for listening to We Are Rivers, conversations about the rivers that connect us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate and comment. Thank you to the interviewees that participated in today's episode, Holly Loff, Chelsea Congdon Brundage, and Nicole Seltzer. This episode was written and produced by Paige Buono and Faye Hartman, with support from American Rivers. If you want to learn more about American Rivers, you can find us on the web at www.americanrivers.org. See you next time. <laughs>